Hey, welcome to episode four of Sport Fanatics. Tuesday, June 29th, 2021. I'm Chris. I'm J. Mike. Today we got a slew of sports from NBA playoffs, College World Series, and a surprisingly exciting race weekend. So that's where we'll get going after this theme. Roll it! Well, Chris, let's start off the show with what stood out to you the most this weekend in, in the wide world of sports, in, in your honest opinion. Well, I, I mean, it was a pretty incredible weekend for sports, a lot of close games and uh, even some great races. But honestly, the, the thing that comes off my mind first is NC State having to withdraw from the from the college world series had to forfeit their game against vanderbilt yeah that was a real bummer of course with nc state right before first pitch they announced that there is a delay of some sort and it ends up coming out to be that some nc state players had entered covid protocols and that happened right as we were recording last last week on yeah, Friday. Yeah, on Friday, on Friday. That that is correct. We're we're sitting here getting ready for a, a a big semifinal matchup, and all of a sudden they're in a they're in a delay, and we're not sure at the moment. And the news finally breaks that NC State players had tested positive. Well, I, I believe it was what maybe a forty five minute delay of some sort or, or, or maybe it, maybe just a bit just a tad bit under until they could figure out uh more details in the matter but ends up coming out to where they only have 13 available players that's right 13 and i think four of them were pitchers if i'm not yeah, mistaken yeah nine position players and four pitchers and they used 12 of those players when they lost to yes. bandy so that that ended up really being their elimination game. They were they really needed to win that game because yeah, I that's probably one reason they could not play the next day. They had used those pitchers. Yeah, and I just I just thought about something as you just said that, Chris, that I I haven't really thought of over the weekend. If NC State pulls out that game against Vandy where they're so shorthanded, do you think that they probably would have kept Vandy in there? I don't – that's – Like, would would they have eliminated Vandy? That's – and, and then just moved NC State into the uh, College World Series final. That way they get, what, yeah, a day, a day of rest – no, no, no. Two days, yeah, yeah. Two days of rest because they would they would have had Saturday and Sunday off. Right. So you're you're saying if they had won that game, 
Right, right. Would they have just automatically put them in the? Well, in the, well, never mind. I I take that back. They they would have automatically yeah. been in there. Yeah, because they, they. Wow. Okay. Yeah they they were they were up. You know they were on the winner's side of the yeah, bracket. Yeah, that's right. My, so, my fault. So my yeah, fault. they, they would have automatically been in there. Now the question yeah. is, where I thought you may have been going with that was, well, then what would have happened against State or Texas? Yeah, I, you I know. I, so I, I believe what I meant to say was, would they? Yeah, that's it. That's it. My fault. Would the NCAA would really have to have to force themselves to keep NC State in it? Had had they beaten Vandy? Well, see what I what that, I think. That, that's where I was getting at. What my, I think, my fault on that. Uh, you know, automatically they would have advanced. Right. If if they had won, they'd have they'd have. But would that, But would that really have forced the NCAA to say, "Hey, look, we really need to." keep them in it now since, yeah. since they technically beat Vandy and knocked them out. Well, I think they have two options at that point. They can either delay the three-game series okay. against... Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I thought about that too. Now they would. we know they would have played Mississippi State, but we, they didn't know that at the time. But right. they would have either delayed that series or I think this is even more likely just that it had to withdraw then. Okay. Because, I mean, it wasn't even... Uh, necessarily the uh, NCAA, I think. Uh, let me see. Yeah, the the NCAA said the decision to rule NC State out was based on the recommendation of the championship medical team and the Douglas County Health Department there see, in Nebraska. See, I heard something else. Okay. I heard something else according to reports where they told the NCAA, hey, look, that's up to y'all. Y'all make your decision. Hmm. What? So there's some really conflicting reports out there whether what was true and what was false. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm which seeing, is really misleading. Yeah, I'm seeing this here. from ESPN. Okay, so I don't I don't know uh, what other reports yeah, are I, out there. I, I'm just letting you know that I I heard the exact opposite. I heard that they they told the NCAA that it was up to them to make their decision on it since it was their tournament. Hmm. But what I what I didn't like about it, Chris, is they show what about twelve forty five Saturday morning. I mean, early, early, early Saturday morning. Just just a wee bit after after midnight. After midnight. <laughs> I love that song, by the way. <laughs> but anyway. NC State players go back to TD Ameritrade Park and gather for a group picture, it report showed. And then about 1 a.m. or a little after 1 a.m., so, I mean, very, very early in the morning, they come out with the decision that NC State is out. They're going to have to forfeit that winner moves on to the College World Series final game against Vanderbilt. I just wish the NCAA would have given them a little bit more time. Now, you made a great point that they used 12 out of the 13 players in that game, which certain, you know, certainly you don't want the pitchers that is to cuz at that point they would be very overused in that game two against Vandy, but 
But yeah, that 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 decision came at it was two a.m. Eastern time, so one a.m. our yeah. time. Yeah, I, I, so, I thought it was one a.m. And honestly, or a little after one. I didn't know about it until the next day. I was like, "Well, I'm going to put on the game," and of course, oh, same it wasn't on. So I I didn't even look that morning to to hear from it. But I, I wish they would. I wish the NCAA would have given given it a little more time because that game wasn't supposed to start until one p.m. that Saturday afternoon. Well, the problem is once you test positive, uh, unless you have a, a follow-up negative test, which I don't know if they did that or not, but once you test yeah. positive, you're, you're out for at least a week. Oh, they're still doing that? I mean, I, ten, w- ten days, I would assume quarantine. so. Yeah, I, I would assume okay. that. I mean, that's, that's pretty much still the, the, the default. And what I do. also... What I also saw was that the second baseman for NC State was the first one that tested positive. Okay, yeah, we heard from and, him, and then the closer, we heard about him. And then it was told that NC State had to be retested, and then that's when they found a number of other players testing positive as well. So it, it's really just a unfortunate group of events because that that NC State that NC State team was playing really well. They were, of course, the Cinderella out of the group. Yeah, they they they, they had they had the most arguably the toughest road out of anybody. And it would have been just so exciting to see a Cinderella story like that playing out in the final I mean, I mean yeah yeah they 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 had a, a gimme regional the louisiana tech regional in, in ruston louisiana they they had a, a get me over there which they're able to win that regional pretty convincingly but then they go to the number one team in the country and that hostile environment in fayetteville against arkansas and get shellacked around in that game one, 21 to two Arkansas victory over NC State, and they come they come right back and they pitch it really well in two very exciting one run down to the wire ball games in a six to five game two win and a three to two game three win over. Arguably the best pitcher in all of college baseball in Kevin Copps, where top of the ninth they get that huge home run, and then they bring in they bring in the closer that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. He comes in, shuts them down one two three, sends them to Omaha, and and you and I both knew that going into the College World Series. They had all the confidence in the world after beating oh, the number one team, and they showed it when they got there. They did it was with incredible, great pitching performances. But they they started off the College World Series swinging the hot stick. They did uh, against that Stanford team that can pitch it. They did, and so. Oh, and just to by the way, if you can, if you hear any uh, rain or thunder, it's currently raining cats and dogs right now. But <laughs> I stepped into a poodle. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't look like it's picking up too bad though. So, but if you hear something, that's what that is. And I, I, I just looked up a little bit more to see if we had any updates okay. on that discrepancy. 
we were talking about. And there's really we don't know much else. The NCAA See, that's says that, that it's uh was based on recommendation. However, the the Douglas County Health Department uh, spokesman for them, Phil Rooney, said that they did not recommend the removal, but yeah. that yeah. they would support whatever decision, like you said. So there's some conflictions there. Uh, maybe we'll get some clarification later. So it, it, it's it's definitely on the NCAA, and they're just trying to save their hide. It, in it, my honest opinion, that that that's what I got from that anyway. It, yeah, that. I, I wouldn't put that out of the realm of possibility. And there's also sure. some some rumors going around that Tim Corbin, the Vanderbilt head coach, was the one that as soon as he heard about the second baseman from NC State's positive test, he was the one that told the health and safety people over the tournament that NC that NC State needed to be retested. Well, yeah, it says... And so there's some rumors going around about Tim Corbin playing a major role in, in all of this as well. Again, which I, I know you're trying to protect your players, but you're you're going up against the team that you have to beat twice. And and you, you really want to give NC State a fair shot. And I don't understand why NCAA lets them go out there with, with 13... 13 men and play on Friday afternoon but won't come back and let them play the next day. Yeah, and, it, and the decision is made so dead gum early yeah, that morning. I it, mean, the, if, if we do find out this came straight from the NCAA, then which it, which I believe it did. Then that's what I'm that's what I'm taking away from it. Then I would have suggested they do it earlier, like you said. I'm Yes, you know when as soon as they found out that many players were tested positive, because I mean I'll I'll be honest, and it's certainly an advantage for Vandy right now, and and we'll we'll touch on that game from yeah. last night. Yeah, we will. But, yeah, I do see here that you know s- several sources have said that uh, the request for another round of testing came from Vanderbilt staff. It doesn't say who specifically. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that that is possible, but. Uh, yeah, I very mean, very eye popping. We can criticize the timing, uh, but that being said, with only thirteen players able to go, like I, I would have honestly called it off earlier that day. Like even before the first game, if they only had thirteen right. players, there's no way. Right, but but yeah, that that's what doesn't make sense, Chris. Is you you delay it for a little bit. You let them come out with 13 players. You play a full nine-inning game. Nothing nothing more really is said after the fact that you just played that nine-inning game, and then you wait until 1 o'clock the next morning to come out with the final verdict. Right. It just doesn't make much sense, sense at all. And let me tell you, as we're fixing to go into talking about Vandy and, and Mississippi State here in, in just a moment, if Vandy ends up winning their second straight national title, whether it be tonight or tomorrow, 
it looks really bad for college baseball. In my, in my opinion, there there is a there is a big time dark cloud over college baseball, and and it does not make the sport look good at all if Vandy wins tonight or tomorrow. Well, when we get into that now, yeah that that give Van, that gave Vandy an extra day to rest and to watch and able to get their ducks in a row. They were able to, and they were able to watch the Mississippi State Texas game to see really, who they'd play. Right, and, and really sc- scout yeah, scout well and. Yeah, get ready for that national championship series. Uh, so instead of having to play that final game, they were able to rest and ended up beating Mississippi State last night, eight to two. Yeah, it was what you and I have harped on. Can Vandy finally find some mojo on offense? And that first inning, they found it. For, yeah. All of a sudden. Now, that was pretty much the bulk of what they did offensively. Yeah, McLeod didn't even finish the inning. And that that's what's so surprising to me is is he was their he was Mississippi State's Friday night ace all season long. Yeah, you know State was banking on using him to get that first win. No doubt and, 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 I, and get the advantage, of course. Yes, and I personally thought that last night's game was going to be a pitcher's duel Same. and come down to who whose bullpen was better and who was going to have the clutch hitting and so between him and lighter yeah like and when when you when you think about that the edge goes to mississippi state exactly because after what we've seen in this college world series their their, their bullpen their their bullpen has kept them in those close games just enough to get some offensive swagger going on, clutch hitting. Oh, yeah, that, that's what Mississippi State's mojo this whole postseason has sort of been to just hang around, stay close enough. And, and then when the latter get, part when of it, the game. Yeah, when the bullpen comes out for both teams, that's when they get clutch and pull out those wins. Oh, yeah, because as we've stated – McGarry has a no-hitter going on in the eighth inning. Next thing you know, two-run homer makes it a four-to-two ball game all of a sudden, and it only gets worse from there because two more guys get on after the two-run homer, and then Tanner Allen hits a three-run homer up for him. Helping State get back into that ball game, they're all, all of a sudden, they've got all the momentum. Virginia looked defeated and they're able to say hey look we got y'all right where we want y'all this game is over they bring Landon Sims out he closes the ball game and they go to the semifinal where get another another come from behind win in that that ball, that uh, winner take all game against Texas. Yeah, they did. The, they hung around and what was that Saturday night? Yeah, yeah. Saturday night. And then they, they win it in the bottom of the inning. And I called that too. I knew if State kept it tied three to three, then the bottom half of that inning they were going to find a way to walk it off, and they did. Mm-hmm. They did just that, and once again. A clutch walk-off hit by a Northwestern, or excuse me, Northwest Mississippi Community College former 
player of, of, of theirs gets the walk-off hit for the Bulldogs. Okay, I did, actually didn't know he, was, yep. he went there. Yeah, he went to Northwest. So, But that's what I thought it was going to be last night. And who would have thought that by the end of the first inning, that game was pretty much over and, it, and in Vandy's favor because State – well, considering how I they mean, – I mean, you got an uphill battle against a pitcher like Leiter on the mound for Vandy, who, who's going to be a top three pick. That is true, and, and Leiter did a good job of settling down when he gave up that home run in the first inning. He settled down and yeah. pitched a great game. Yeah. Uh, now, I still had in the back of my mind, when the bullpen came out, I mean, you never know what crazy stuff Mississippi State can can do with that lineup. Right. They, right. Their lineup has been it's, – it's been sort of – I feel like it'd be frustrating as a state fan. Yeah, because they'll go several innings not doing squat, and yeah. then they'll put up a six or seven spot and completely credit, switch a game. It but feels credit, like. they're pitching. Their pitching has kept them has kept them in a lot of lot of tight knit ball games here in Omaha. Well, and they did great last night, except for that first inning. Yeah, with McLeod, like they. Yeah, but you you definitely. You have definitely you've got to go toe to toe with a guy like Leiter, because in I remember in the SEC tournament, Ole Miss gets a unbelievable start out of a reliever that they had hardly used all season long, and Tyler Myers, and he went toe to toe with Leiter. He he didn't he didn't allow he didn't he didn't allow any runs. And that's what it'll take. In that ball, and, and that—that's exactly what what you needed out of McLeod last night. But he—he's just—he has really struggled in this NCAA tournament. He—he he was bad against Notre Dame in the Super Regional, and he's just—he's just been bad here in Omaha. And you figured that this guy was going to be a first-round pick because of all the buzz that he was creating and, and, and what you were starting to see from scouts talking about him a lot. And then he just hits a hard bump in the road here in this NCAA tournament, which kind of gets me thinking, Chris, should State have just used somebody out of their bullpen last night as somewhat of a spot start to kind of – to 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 do what Ole Miss did with Tyler Myers in that SEC tournament game against Vandy, where it worked out perfect because Vandy didn't know much oh, about true. Tyler Myers. I, I was about and, to, and and so you throw their offensive strategy out the window at that point. You throw them off guard. Hey, look, we're throwing this wild card guy at you, and you don't know much about him. That's true. I was about to say I, I would still go with McLeod, but I didn't think about how that worked out in that situation. Because you're you're playing for your first national championship. Yeah, and th- this is a great opportunity for Mississippi State. I, I still feel like I would go with, even though he's had struggles as of late. I would go with the guy who's had me the whole year. And I've trusted so much my Friday night starter McLeod. I, I feel like I still would. Maybe the only other thing you could do would do what you're talking about tonight, and then start him tomorrow or something. Well, well, Bednar, Bednar would get the start in Game Three, right? So, 
you know, maybe you could do that. But yeah, I, I think I think that's what Mississippi State's going to do tonight. I think they're going to roll out quite possibly a guy out of their bullpen that they feel really really confident about. That way, that could that can set up Bednar versus Rocker, which is the game that we all want to see. And those two lethal first round MLB draft picks coming up. And it's the game Vandy going toe to toe. It's the game Vandy doesn't want to have to get to. Yeah, they don't want to risk that. But there, there's also speculation out there about both of those starters pitching tonight, which I think we'll see one. I don't think we'll see both. Okay. But if 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 I if it were me, and Vandy is not throwing Rocker tonight. You bet your you bet your tail. I'm rolling out there with a guy that Vandy doesn't know much about, a guy that I feel quite confident in. Because we we know after Rocker and Lighter, starting pitching for Vandy is is very questionable and up in the air about whether some somebody after both of those two horses can get the job done so if if you're mississippi state and chris limonis if you don't see rocker as the starting pitcher for tonight's game i think i think you've you've got to roll the dice and throw somebody that vandy hasn't seen much film on somebody that you feel confident in that way you can get this thing to game three and you can put the ball in bed norris hands with the national championship on the line, and then you're feeling really good about yourselves if you can somehow get your offense going. Well, and it's desperation time. Yeah, which which is the question mark right now for both teams because we know both teams can pitch it really well, but the offenses have been inconsistent. We finally saw what Vandy could be capable of in that first inning, but credit State's bullpen for – shutting them down pretty much the rest of the way, giving their offense a chance to get back in it. It's just unfortunate that you've got an uphill battle against one of the best pitchers in the country in Jack Leiter. Right, yeah. Well, and another interesting thing from this, we both had a pick make it to the final. We did. I got Vandy. You got Mississippi State. Yeah. I'll stick with Vandy. Uh, Honestly, was feeling a little bit iffy on that coming into the series, but of course last night gave me some confidence. But if Mississippi State would have done what I just reiterated about throwing a guy out of their bullpen as a spot start last night, I think that game could have been exactly what I envisioned and what other people envisioned last night, it being that pitcher's duel going down to the wire where it's up to the bullpens whose bullpen is better and then of course you base it on clutch hitting the edge goes to mississippi state and that's why i like mississippi state last night but when you put yourself in a hole like that right out of the gate against jack Leiter, it's not not looking good for you they lose that ball game and now the edge is starting to go back to Vandy's side because you got the number one overall draft pick coming up. You got him waiting in the wings. 
Yeah. So how are you how are you feeling about the series moving forward? I'll stick I with see Andy. The, yeah. I see this game, or excuse me, this game tonight going to Mississippi State. I think they find a way tonight. Game three. Now this is this is what I'm predicting, and I'm probably going to be totally wrong with from the the pit from a pitching standpoint. But I I think that you see two pitchers from from Vandy and State that you're not really familiar with. So it's basically it's going to be one of those games. Who wants it more? And 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 I I think Mississippi State will come out more confident tonight. So I don't see us seeing either Bednar or Rocker on the mound for for either either team tonight. I think both coaches are saving their their horses for that game three showdown. Right. Where you're walking out there and you've got the ELO song in the back of your mind. <laughs> it's going to be a showdown. And someone's going to be winning the championship that night if it goes to a game three. But I believe this is going three. I like Mississippi State tonight because I don't I don't think that Rocker or Bednar will be on the mound. So that makes me like Mississippi State's chances a lot better because when it comes to hitting, I've seen more out of Mississippi State. No offense to Vanderbilt. I know y'all had a great first inning, but after that, you only mustered one, one more run. Right. And yeah. that was pretty late in the ball game. Yeah, seventh inning. So I like Mississippi State's bullpen way, way more. So why not throw one of those guys tonight and then save Bednar for that game three? That you. But, uh, because of course that gives him another day of rest, gets him ready for Game Three, and then if he has an incredible performance as we saw him do against Texas, then the national championship is yours for the taking. Speaking of which, Texas that, Texas was so close to getting both of my picks in there, but they just couldn't quite do it. But if. <laughs> I mean that's that's what we all want to see anyway is is a game three, winner take all, win you know winner takes home the national championship and you've got two of the best pitchers in the country going at it, and it's just a matter of who wants it more. That's that's what I want to see. That's what everyone wants to see in a game three showdown. Now. Whether we get that or not remains to be seen, but anyway, that's that's what I like moving forward in this series. But I do this, I do see this series going three games, going the distance. But I like Mississippi State to bounce back tonight with a a spot start from a key cog out of their bullpen. I think he'll do a great job. The I, I expect the bats to to be be a little bit better, and of course, in that scenario where you're taking whose bullpen's better, you got to roll with Mississippi State. Yeah, I feel better about the bullpen as well. But we'll well we'll keep an eye on it, and we'll see. We'll, on Friday, we'll be able to talk about yeah. who won the thing. 
yeah it so it'll be over it's crazy it's already that time but we'll find we'll we'll know by friday we'll talk about the the winner then all right so jay mike what sort of caught your eye this weekend man just another unfortunate injury that could quite possibly take a star player out of these nba playoffs and that was the injury that atlanta hawks young star trey young oh yeah suffered in a game in my opinion that atlanta really needed the other night it was a where bone, he bone bruise right and he and he he steps he steps on the ref's foot man and get and gets that bone bruise out of it it's a bad look it's just I mean, very bad because normally when I step on somebody's foot, I don't get a bone bruise. But that that's just the unfortunate circumstances of these NBA playoffs with these injuries and how they've, they have affected a, a number of teams. But not as much as, as this injury to this Atlanta Hawks team is going to determine the series all of a sudden because Trey Young – Ladies and gentlemen, we all know he's what gets everything going for the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, he had 35 points in that game. And th- that's what's crazy about it is he he still had a he still had a great game. Now that now that can give you optimism going forward, but you're still uncertain about how how well he's going to be tonight's game because that that game four is tonight on TNT. That's right. Other than that, though, I, I do not like what I saw out of the rest of the Atlanta Hawks team. They, they're, they're starting to look very fatigued, in my own opinion. It seems like the, 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 the playoff grind has started to catch up with them to this point. And I told you, this Milwaukee Bucks team – play plays fairly well on both ends of the uh, on both ends of the court well and we were feeling good about them anyway we, we thought this would this and series the, would go to them and we touched on this last podcast chris how chris middleton needed yes. to step up and he did boy did he yeah he was he was on fire yeah. fire 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 he had, he had 38 points just incredible and that's that's the guy that if he gets going for this Milwaukee Bucks team, they're your NBA champion, folks. And and also what I liked from Milwaukee Chris was the fact that they're they're finally feeding Giannis inside. Giannis is finally going to the basket and, and not settling for jump shots or three pointers. Which it, which he's 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 not that kind of a player, right? And he was in doing that, he was still able to get thirty three points up. Uh, so him yes. combined with Middleton and and Drew Holiday. Let's not forget Drew Holiday, who who's been huge in in these playoffs. Drew Holiday plays very well too. So that three headed monster, they keep playing like that, man. They're really going to force my hand to picking them to win it all yeah they're they're looking 
I, I can feel you on that. But they have They're to continue. Really... They have to continue doing that, Chris. Yeah. We, we, we we all know. We all know they play. They play defense. Yes, that's why. Gian, Giannis is Giannis is on the NBA first team all defensive. Yeah, for they, a reason. If they keep this consistency and playing as well as as a group as they are, I, I feel you. Yeah, let. They're, we'll see how the rest of this series go, but you have to be feeling pretty good. But yeah, let. Let Holiday and, and and Middleton be the ones that that throw up shots because that that's their game. But Giannis, you keep you keep attacking the paint, go inside, man. Because at, Atlanta Atlanta is small inside. Well, and, and this was even with Holiday having a sort of a bad day shooting wise. Uh, he had did have twelve assists. Yeah, but he he. Didn't have a great day shooting. He was two for eleven. So, if he can get hot as well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If if all three of them are playing yeah. at a high level, they're really going to force my hand to yeah. pick them to win it all. So, even though I, I like that Phoenix Suns team, and we're fixing to touch on the game last night, but well, yeah, I guess we can go ahead and finish this up. I mean, I'm I'm feeling good about the the Bucks moving forward in this series. Still, me I'm, me too. I I, I think. I think they they win the next two, yeah, and and get this thing over with, and they they get ready to compete for their first world championship since nineteen seventy one. Right, because we were talking about how Atlanta was such a a scrappy and and sort of and a hard fighting team, but it, it looks like it's slowing down a bit. And no, no doubt, Milwaukee's you're, taking care of you're business. starting. You're starting to see the fatigue that. Atlanta is suffering from from that last series against Philadelphia where it went the distance. It went seven games. You're starting to see that fatigue now, and this is not the time to be fatiguing and also against the Milwaukee Bucks team yeah. that, in my honest opinion, had it not had been for the injuries to Harden and Kyrie Irving, Brooklyn would have swept the Hawks in this series and would have, would have ended up winning it all. But talking about going going back from NC State with that monumental upset over Arkansas and how that carried over to the College World Series, momentum, feeling feeling great about yourself, playing at a high level, everything's clicking together when Milwaukee jousted or excuse me ousted uh, Brooklyn out of the playoffs they're like this this is our this is our conference yeah and also Milwaukee isn't a team that has trouble closing out games and series like the like Philadelphia 76ers. yeah we're talking to you Doc Rivers yeah so so I'm with you. I, I'm feeling really good about the Bucks. Uh, Milwaukee wins the next two. Wins I, this series. I could gets it out of the way. That. I'm not sure if it. I don't. I don't like what I saw the other night, Chris. Yeah. Because Trey Trey Young Trey Young was doing everything under the sun, and he gets that unfortunate injury where he's questionable for tonight. And if he don't play, Chris. Yeah, you're looking at a good. blowout like what we saw from Game Two of this series. Yeah, that that was. But it's definitely not good. Him 
not being at 100% now, and the rest of the team looks fatigued. Yeah, pretty pretty mediocre. But I I do not I just I don't like what I saw from Atlanta the other night, and it's not it's it's definitely not looking good going forward against this Bucks team that as you just stated gets it done. Yeah, they do not they they don't blow leads. Yeah, they're going to have to turn it around like the well, like the Clippers have turned it around last night. Yeah. They cardiac Clippers. Yeah. They uh They're back, folks. <laughs> We're back. They pretty much controlled that game. There there was a brief moment where the Suns pulled up close and it looked like it was about to be a game, but the Clippers closed it. And as you just stated, the will to win for this Clippers team, we could very well see this series going seven now all of a sudden because what you just said, Chris, the Suns, every time they scratched and clawed their way back into the game last night, the Clippers answered every single time. Yeah, they did. The Clippers and the Clippers were ready to play. Outstanding job coaching by Ty Lue last night. Incredible who is performance now, from Paul George. Ty Lue is now ten and two all time when facing elimination, and he's three and zero so far in this twenty twenty one NBA playoffs. Now this same the same man, Ty Lue, overcame a three to one deficit. Back in 2016, when his Cleveland Cavaliers came roaring back and won the NBA championship over the record-setting Golden State Warriors that season. So this is, this is not his first time in that boat. He, he, he knows what to do. And you're going back home now, get to play in L.A. You do. And, and – and, and, I'm picking them to win game six. I'm picking this to go go seven games. Ty Lue is a phenomenal playoff coach. I, I, I'm sorry, Doc Rivers, but that was absolutely the right call by Steve Ballmer in that Clippers organization of letting go Rivers because you and I have touched on it before. He struggles in the playoffs. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Facts are facts. Bring in a great playoff coach in Ty Lue. He's gotten them to their first ever Western Conference Finals. He's gotten them back in a series again. But we we also can't forget about the players that stepped up last night. Paul George, a huge 41-point game, 13 rebounds, 15 of 20 from the field. Yeah, I guess if... That's what needs to happen if... L.A. is going to win this series, but it, it's, it hasn't just been him. Yeah, but that, that continues a, a great postseason for him. It's He's doing some yes. great stuff. But Paul George, incredible night last night. And he's he's playoff P again, folks. For, forget this pandemic P, miss. <laughs> he... He's playing great, and I I love it. I know you basketball fans out there love it as well. Paul George has been incredible in these playoffs. 
outstanding game from him last night, which is exactly what L.A. needed to keep this series alive for them. This series is now 3-2, to two, still Phoenix, but it's going back to L.A., as you just stated. And if L.A. plays like they did last well, yeah. night, Chris, in Game 6, this thing is going 7, and I do believe it is going to happen. Well, and they also had solid performance from Reggie Jackson. and Jackson's been incredible. Marcus Morris. So, yeah, just... I did not see this coming from Jackson. I, I figured that Rondo was going to be the primary guard. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if, if he has a injury that's been lingering him. It really hasn't been touched on or reported of any sort. But obviously Ty Lue knew what he was doing with rolling Reggie Jackson out in the point point guard spot. And he has done nothing but impress and show out. So that's a, that's been another great move by Ty Lue. Marcus Morris has been hobbled off by a, a knee issue. He plays outstanding last night. How about big boogie DeMarcus Cousins? Oh, we yeah. all forget yeah. about him. He stepped in for the, for the injured Zubots. Came off the bench. Because Zubots did not play in last night's game with that that injury and DeMarcus Cousins was a big time contributor for, yeah. for the Clippers last night in, in Zubot's absence. He had so, 15 points. So they just played Graves a unit. And like you said, I, I feel good about them winning at home and then game seven, anything can happen. That's going to be, Oh my gosh. Yeah. The Suns, I can't wait. The Suns for game seven more from, series. I mean, Booker had a good game with 31 points, but they'll need more from Chris Paul. Yeah. Uh, they just didn't have as yeah as good of a night, and it's just it's crazy how how good they were offensively without Chris Paul in those first two games. Yeah, and he comes back, and they're just not clicking like they were. Well, we talked about that last time. We were worried. Yeah, how they might click. But yeah, and and, and he's he's still getting his legs from under him. In well, this series. And let me say this. The Suns had a decent game. It's just the Clippers, they shot 54.8%. Oh, yeah. It's hard to win a game that's against true. somebody who's shooting that hot. That's true. So that, That's very true. I mean, well, the Clippers may just be starting to roll again to close out this series. And if they do, it oh, yeah. feels so good for, for their chances. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, because they, they've, already, they've already proven it twice in this postseason where they fell behind 0-2. So why not fall behind three games to one and then Ty Lou pulls a rabbit out of his hat like he did in that Cleveland-Golden State NBA Finals in 2016 and overcome another three-to-one deficit. But right. uh, Ty Lou. Coaching, coaching his butt off right now. Yeah. And pushing all the right buttons. But guys are stepping up for that that Clippers team with with injuries just hovering hovering around that team right now in Zubots, Morris. I'm not sure about Rondo. I haven't seen him much in this series, but I, I'm 
I'm, I'm not sure if that's a decision by Ty Lue or if there is some lingering issue going on with yeah, Rondo. A, a forced decision. And, of course, we all know that Kawhi is still out. He has yet to step on the floor in this series. But you, you, ha, you have to figure that now they're really starting to look at Kawhi like, man, could we get you back for game six quite possibly? But you also, as we've touched on, you don't want to mess up the offensive chemistry that's happening with the Clippers right now. As you just stated, they had a great night right, shooting yeah. last night. That was incredible, and I feel good about them getting to seven, like you said. I, I do too. I do too. Clippers looked – Really focused and determined last night. I mean, right out of the gate, they punched Phoenix in the mouth. And then every time Phoenix came roaring back, L.A. had an answer every single time. Pulling the not so fast, my friend. But (laughs) every single time, L.A. had an answer. And they, they did what they needed to do to close out game five. To go back to L.A. with a chance to even up the series, bring it to game seven, winner take all game seven. Yep. Well, and to close out basketball real quick, we got some news from the Trailblazers. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Chauncey Billups, the former Detroit Piston all-star player, who won the NBA championship with the Detroit Pistons in 2004 over the Los Angeles Lakers, has now been hired as the next head basketball coach of the Portland Trailblazers. So congratulations to Chauncey Billups. I'm sure he'll do a fine job in Portland. (laughs) Question now is, can you get Damian Lillard happy enough, get him satisfied enough to where you you can coach him? And that great tandem of of him and C.J. McCollum to where you you coach them up and you hope that you can persuade your front office into adding some more pieces to help build you a championship team, which really is what this team is lacking is just a few more pieces. And I believe they're a title contender. But obviously, Damian Lillard is not happy with with the management right now of the Trailblazers. So hopefully, Chauncey Billups can can really have a, a sit-down meeting with, with Lillard, can convince him to not want to pursue the Trailblazers of trading him, but to, to keep him there in Portland. And they can they can really to where they could really build something special. But I think that's a great hire for Portland. I thought it was time for them to move on from Terry Stotts because they they just couldn't seem to get over hurdles in the playoffs under him. And obviously, you see what's going on with with Ty Lue in L.A. Clipperland, 
how he's such a he how he's such a great playoff coach and he's proven it time and time again where you you figured hey if I go out and just get me a, a new coach change you know change up change up the culture a little bit let let Chauncey Billups come in and and do what he what he wants to do, what he feels is going to be in the in the best interest of our team, our organization, then who knows? We we might very well see Portland climb over these playoff hurdles that they haven't been accustomed to doing. But obviously I love the move by Portland. I think it was the right hire. I just hope that they're able to convince Damian Lillard to, to, to stay in Portland and to help potentially build something special like what Phoenix is doing right now mm-hmm. with their franchise, what Milwaukee is doing with their franchise. So great hire by the Portland Trailblazers and congratulations to Coach Chauncey Billups. Yeah, we'll see what they do moving forward. So Chris, you just touched on something that really has me intrigued going forward with the podcast here tell us what was so exciting about racing this weekend what 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 happened in in racing well to to put it short we had the double header in Pocono which a lot of fans kind of dread because it's known for not having the most exciting races uh, but first, before I get to that, let me let me touch on something that, that was expected. Max Verstappen finished first in the Formula One race, and Mercedes rounded out second and third with Lewis Hamilton second. So we're used to that. That wasn't particularly exciting. But, yeah, Pocono, doubleheader, first race on Saturday – it looked like we were about to have a repeat. Kyle Larson was in first at the end of the race. Not a shocker. Right. And he took that lead with oh, it was a handful of laps to go. I think it was about four or five laps to go. But anyway, he was pulling away. It was his race to win. And in the last corner, he cuts the tire and hits the wall. Still finishes ninth, uh, but that gave the win to his Hendrick teammate, Alex uh, Bowman. So ah. Hendrick still won, but it was a well of a finish. It's always surprising when you see that that car, the leader or whoever, cut a tire in the last turn. Yeah, all that crappy luck. Just, mm-hmm. but you know I, what, Kyle? Obviously, Larson, you want your teammate, yeah, to win. And if you can't, kind of like Rick, uh, Ricky Bobby and Cal Naughton Jr. But shake that, and bake. Hey, if you don't win it, I want you. I want you to, good buddy. But that ends that streak of. Average finish of 1.5 and three wins in a row and all that for Kyle Larson. Still came on top 10, but so that, he still he still has been incredible. Oh yeah, he he knows how he knows how to win. Still still having an incredible year. But then we we move into Sunday, where wondering if we can have another good race, and it turned out we did. Stage one was was okay. Stage two, things got more interesting. But then in the end, we got a fuel mileage race where a good dozen cars or so were saving fuel for the last segment. They had 
just barely enough to finish the race. Some of them ran out at the very end. There were like three strategies going at once. Some people pitted a little bit uh, later than those and were able to push harder. Some ran as far as they could to push really hard at the end. So we just had several strategies going on at once, and they were all merging there at the end. But uh, Kyle Busch, who was having transmission issues, was stuck in fourth gear, won the race. He won on, mm. on Sunday in the that Eminem's car, the Candyman. The Candyman can, and he did. Yeah, <laughs> he, with, with only fourth gear. So that was impressive, and again, it was fun just to see. We haven't seen a fuel mileage race in a while, but we did on Sunday, and who knows when we'll see another one again with the with the stage racing. Uh, sort of affects the strategy a bit. But, yeah, it ended up being a fun weekend. Alex Bowman, Kyle Busch winning races. Uh, also, the point situation is, is kind of funny. Even though Kyle Larson still had a decent weekend, Denny Hamlin still leads the points with no wins. He's barely holding on to that point lead, but Kyle Larson's still coming quick. That's amazing how that happens, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even win a single race, but yet I hold the cup lead. Yeah. So this weekend we're going to Road America, which has me super excited. Uh, Another road course should be fun. Interested to see how my guy Daniel Suarez can do there. Yeah, he was looking pretty good in that race Sunday, Chris. It, yeah, at, he, at a time there. Yeah, well, he was in. And the, I, I thought about you too. Oh, well, while that was going on. I, <laughs> yeah, he. I was like, well, there's there's Chris's boy Suarez. He's he's in that top ten. Yeah, he got up there purely. He was one of those guys with fuel, uh, saving fuel in the last run. Okay. That's how he 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 didn't have a great car. That's how he got up there. Uh, wow. And he actually ran out of fuel on the front stretch coming to the checkered flag still Uh, finished 15th though so he just lost like three or four positions i believe but still came on 15th so yeah he was he was fighting hard there for a while (laughs) staying in that top 10 yeah it for you know for a top 10 finish at least i was hoping he'd sneak one out but he didn't oh i thought he was going to but unfortunately quick shout out 2311 got their first Top 10 and first top five finish, finish of their existence with uh, Bubba Wallace. So that's also cool to see. I uh, heard Michael Jordan gave him a yeah, call I'm, after the race right. and congratulated. So hopefully they can. I just thought about that too, Chris. Start, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought up the, the goat. Yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah, hopefully they as soon can. As you said Bubba Wallace, I thought Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that, that team, Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan, hopefully that team can. Keep picking up, right? I'm really, finishes. I'm really excited about that team too going forward. I, I'm, I'm glad that Michael Jordan is really getting involved in the NASCAR and Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints. Oh yeah, him too. Yeah, he's so um, you're, you're starting to see other big time former or pro athletes now really getting into NASCAR. It's, it's, it's pretty. Pretty great to see. It kind of reminds me of the 90s and early 2000s when that was happening. One reason I think it's happening now, we have a new car coming next year, which okay. we can get into another time. It's really <laughs> That's a whole long topic. But there's a new car coming that's supposed to be cheaper and provide more competitive racing Okay, uh, for you know smaller teams to be able to compete better with bigger teams. And I think that's one reason we're seeing more interest from people like 
Jordan and Kamara's not owning a team, but he's working with fan relations and that type of stuff. So I think Oh yeah, he he's really invested though and Oh yeah, he's you love to see that. He's he's been great for the sport. But yeah, that I'm excited for all these new teams coming to NASCAR twenty three eleven. Trackhouse has really overperformed. Uh they're in eighteenth right now in points with Suarez. They're right near the cut line for the playoffs. We'll see if they can keep getting better to maybe sneak in there. Uh, 2311, they have a shot if they really get hot here. Uh, Chris Busher is right there at the, the cutoff line. Kurt Busch is on the good side, but he could fall out. So we're, we're closing in to the playoffs. We've got, I think, seven races or so left. We'll, we'll, okay. We'll see what happens as the summer closes out. But, hey, before we move on and do the random sports page of the day, you got any quick shout-outs you want to throw out there? I do, Chris. I'd like to shout out my former driver's ed teacher in, at Tupelo High School. Oh, yeah, mine too. He was also coaching as the defensive coordinator on Tupelo High School's football team when, when we did go to – when when you and I went to Tupelo High School, Chris. But I'd like to shout out Coach Lamar Aldridge – the Ripley High School football program has just hired him to coach their defensive backs. Coach Aldridge was most recently at McNary Central High School, where he coached defense and served as their interim coach. It's also reported here that the Ripley Tigers are bringing back a young nucleus and one of the most experienced coaching staffs in the state of Mississippi. So what better than, than to bring in another long time and great coach and, and coach Aldridge to your program, who is a great defensive mind. He's going to really tutor and get those young DBs to believe in themselves believe in their work worth ethic and just really teach them how to how to play the position at a at a great level well and beyond that i think also just teach them how to be a a great person because that too because we, we we all know the kind of person that coach aldridge is he, he's a he's a great man yeah he, he was always so good to everyone i knew at least yes. and to me Oh, oh yes. Uh, I I absolutely loved having him as my driving instructor and in, in driver's ed. It, it, it's kind of it's kind of surreal talking about driver's ed right now because <laughs> it it's been ten years. I mean, heck, you and I we had our uh, high school reunion two weekends ago. Oh yeah, but I'm just I'm so happy that. Coach Aldridge is still in the profession of teaching young men how to play football and and really how to become great young men. I and I believe he's going to do a great job at Ripley. Kudos kudos to the Ripley coaching staff for for bringing him in and 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 for him to help work on that 
side of the ball that he is so good at, at coaching at because really when you and I were in high school, Chris, we always had a good defense because of For Coach sure. Aldridge and, and his schemes and his strategy. But now he's he's taking his vast knowledge to the Ripley Tiger football program, which I'm sure that they're going to have a great season this upcoming football year. And so I'll definitely be looking for Ripley this upcoming high school football season and keeping up with them a lot more with the news of, of them hiring Coach Aldridge yesterday. And so I, I look forward to seeing what that program is going to do this fall. And once again, just congratulations to Coach Lamar Aldridge. And we wish you all the best, Coach. Yeah, congrats and wish you the best. Go get them, man. I'd also like to do a a quick shout-out and it, it it's also it's also unfortunate too at the same time I, I i hate to kind of put the two intertwined like this but i came across a game that really was was one of my favorite games <laughs> even though i did not watch it that day yeah you were having to call me for updates i did i remember calling you because i was at a marching band competition and we were on break at the time and someone had told me that the game was closer than anyone had anticipated well and we're talking about let them know what game we're talking about the 2008 Ole Miss florida game that's right so I start hearing rumblings about how Ole Miss is in this tight-knit game with the number four team in the country at Florida Field, which is known as the Swamp. And they had Tim Tebow at QB. The reigning defending Heisman Trophy winner from the previous season, right? which came into Oxford and, and beat Ole Miss, but not by much, only by six points. We always get that ball game. Florida fits. Yes, yes, we do. But so I'm I'm starting to hear some some rumblings about hey, Ole Miss, Ole Miss is in this ball game. I didn't believe it for one bit, but I know who did believe it, and that was you, Chris. Oh yeah, I was. I called, so nervous watching I that had, game. I, yes, I had to call you immediately to see what in the wide world of sports was going on. And you're telling you're sitting here telling me that, oh yeah, they're tied. Yeah. <laughs> and so, of course, my my band buddies are trying to hang out with me and talk oh, to me. I'm like, y'all, by, I'm by, going, I'm going, y'all leave me alone, man. I'm trying to talk to my good friend here. By the about way, what's going on in this game? This is right before you know we all had smartphones with apps that could I'm, immediately <laughs> see the score. That's why he's calling me. It's right before this. Yeah, exactly, because you, you can't, at that time, you can't couldn't just pull up your phone and go to ESPN scores or Bleacher Report scores or Twitter. Or just watch the game live at the time. You can, you know, you can even right. do that now. Right. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah, on your phone, that is, uh-huh. and, or, or tablet or whatever instance like that. But, 
Of course, I'm not able to watch the game. I'm at a band competition, and we're on a break. And I remember calling you. You're like, they're tied. So I I think if I remember correctly, Chris, because I always changed into my uniform on the bus. I remember... Yeah, I remembered going back on the bus. I'm still on the phone with you. You're still you're still keeping me updated with what's going on. And so it just incredible finish to that ball game. Ole Miss was down 17 to 7 at half. They score two touchdowns. Tie up the ball game. I remember that going going back and going back and, and looking at it later that evening, that Jevin Sneed huge bomb to Shea Hodge. Yeah, and that's really who this shout out is for. That yes, Jevin Sneed, that is, that gave them the lead. Florida then puts a good drive of their own, goes down the field, scores a scores a TD. And then the surprise of the day. And I remember you and I are still on the phone here, and you're like, okay, they're they're going for the PAT to tie it up at 31. And I just remember you yelling, oh, my goodness, they just blocked the extra point. It's the best time to do it. As Kentrell Lockett hurdles a blocker, extend, extends his long arm up, and gets a hand on the football to keep keep the score thirty one to thirty in Ole Miss's favor. Now they go three and out, give the ball back to Florida. Florida is really starting to drive down the field. They, I believe, it was a third and long, and they did a screen. Yeah, they they did a screen pass to the running back and he just about picks up the first down but it, you know it's it, it's short now at first they gave Florida a pretty good spot which if they if they would have kept that spot then Tebow definitely would have gotten the yeah, first down he just had to but lean over the, ref, the referees went back and viewed it thank the good lord that they did and ended up getting the spot right on the field which was pretty good fourth and one or fourth and two. So I'm, I remember you telling me that, and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, they're going to kick a field goal and win it, aren't they? And you're like, no, man, they're going for it here. They're going to do that that Tim Tebow quarterback, quarterback draw. And I didn't understand that because instead of lining up under center – He's lined up in the in the shotgun formation for for Just a draw play, pushing you back even further, right? And looking looking back on that play, the the ed, the edge rusher was totally un, untouched, which is something I don't understand to this day of how Dan Dan Mullen at the time was Florida's offensive coordinator, how he didn't pick that up or get someone to get in the position to, to pick him up. 
But Marcus Temple is untouched on the edge, and he's able to get to Tebow immediately and stop him behind the line. And that's when you told me that they they just stopped Tebow. They just stopped Tebow on fourth down, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, they just won the ball game. So Ole Miss goes on to upset the number four-ranked Florida Gators at that time with the 31-30 to huge upset victory that ended up really catapulting that team the rest of the season. The team really just started to believe in each other, engage with each other, and really just started to play really good football. But the guy I'm wanting to shout out here, Chris, is former Ole Miss quarterback Jevin Sneed, who unfortunately we lost a couple of years ago. It was reported that he – and when I mean we lost him, that that means that Jevin Sneed unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, but – it was reported that when they examined his body after he passed away, he suffered from CTE. Yeah. And the thing that comes to mind when I, when I first saw that report was that that awful hit he took in that second Cotton Bowl game against Oklahoma State where it knocked him out in just the first quarter. Yeah. He didn't play the rest of the game. And unfortunately, he lived with a lot of a lot of the effects of that for the well, remainder of his young life. And who knows what other hits he took in high school or, or wherever? Just you know, the compounding of those hits. But yeah, that was one of the harder ones. But man, there was a while there. I mean, we thought he might be a top first round draft pick. He was on the front of Sports Illustrated, and yeah, we we definitely thought that. He was going to be a Heisman candidate for sure. Because that that coming team, back from that really good 2018. Yeah, the, the, when Nutt was coach, and it mm-hmm. looked like Ole Miss was about to be, you know, a top five team, or, or possibly for that year, at least top ten. And ironically enough, they got to number four. Yeah, until a, year, a year later, mm-hmm. with with all those high expectations coming in, they're number they're number four in the country. They go to South Carolina. I remember that game. That old ball coach and Steve Spurrier back when he was coaching the the Gamecocks, but they upset Ole Miss that night. But how ironic that Ole Miss was number four in the country. Oh yeah. When they when they got upset. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then thinking about just a year before, they were the ones that upset number four Florida but of course every time you think of that game you think of the Tim Tebow post game interview oh yeah the, it the a meme. promise the promise yeah it's kind it, of a meme as it's time. called where he promised that Florida would do everything in its power for him to pick up the team for this team to come together rally around each other and that's one of those times where a guy said it and he backed it up and they ended up winning the national title that late that season yeah that that obviously means they need to give us a piece of that title right 
Well, Houston <laughs> Nutt certainly thought so. Yeah. He 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 said, "I just I just I just love the fact I just love the fact that we uh, upset Florida and they ended up winning the national title." Yeah, but we gave them the. We gave them the the power motivation. to do it. <laughs> no. motivation. No motivation to no not not lose again, and they they didn't lose again. No, yeah, that's folks. all on Florida and Tim Tebow but, and that team for. But yeah, yeah, I, but yeah, that, that that's my shout out because I just came across that game. It, it was on a SEC rewind on the SEC network. I believe it was. Yeah, Saturday afternoon, because of course the NC State Vanderbilt game is canceled, like we touched on due to yeah. COVID. I had nothing else to look forward to until that night with Mississippi State and Texas in the NBA playoff game. And that game just came across. I said, I've got to watch this. So I really wanted to shout out Jevin Sneed and that 2008 Ole Miss football team for that game because that was their coming out party game for sure that that that's when the whole season changed in a season as they called one heartbeat yeah well, and that was that was the that was the motto of that 2008 Ole Miss football team and definitely one of my somewhere in my top 10 favorite Ole Miss memories yeah, oh my gosh. I, 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 will, I will never forget that game. I'll never forget talking to you on the phone at a high school band competition. And just the jubilation, even though I'm not in front of the TV watching it, but just calling you, you picking up the phone and letting me know what was going on. I truly appreciated you for that, Chris. And... Now I'm so blessed and fortunate to do a sports podcast with you, brother. But who who would have thought, man, in 2008, we'd be having a phone conversation about a game that I can't even watch at the moment. Discussing, you know, discussing sports in that manner to now 2021 and we're co-hosting a sports <laughs> podcast. How about that? That's a good point. That's a good point. But yeah, it's a interesting turnaround. That's cool. But yeah, obviously, yeah, for sure. But obviously, uh, once again, I, I wanted to shout out Jevin Sneed and that 2008 football team. Jevin Sneed, you gave us a game for the ages, my brother, and we just can't thank you enough. As as Ole Miss fans, you were etched into the history of Ole Miss football, you're etched into every single one of the member of the Ole Miss family, the hearts of all of us Ole Miss fans. We certainly do do miss you, man. We thank you for all the all the great memories and plays and, and, and games that you were a part of while you were at Ole Miss. And we, we certainly – Think about and, 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 and pray for Jevin Sneed's family. But we just we just thank you for the memories, Jevin. And I just wanted to shout out him and that 2008 Ole Miss football team. Yeah, it was a good thing to mention. Rest in peace, Jevin Sneed. Rest in peace, my brother. 
All right, well, real quick before we go, I want to do my random page of the day. Today, it took me somewhere I really like, well, for the most part. I went to oh, Baseball yeah. Reference, and random page was the 1926 New York Yankees schedule. Man. So, way back in, and at this time, the Yankees only had one World Series victory from 1923. So, that's a different time and place. Mm-hmm. And I say I'm mostly happy about this because, I mean, it was a great year for the Yankees. They went 91-63-1. They finished first in the American League, went to the World Series, and lost a seven-game series to the Cardinals. Ugh. Yeah, so a bad ending to a great year. But, of course, the following year, 27 Yankees heralded as one of the best teams of all time, if not the best, depends on who you talk to. Oh, oh, my goodness. Uh my 2016 Chicago Cubs, there were a lot of comparisons to that 1927 New York Yankee squad. How they were just, they were the best team from start to finish. They, they felt they like their year. It all season long. Yeah. That, that, that's why there were so much comparison between the two. And yeah, it's just some years you have those teams where it's just obvious who the favorite is going into right. the world and, series and and of course we we just wanted to elaborate on that because this is about the 26 yankees not yeah. the 27 yankees but you you, you do like to kind of go forward a year or so and and see how they really progress well yeah because this is just before the yankees were on a tear and won yeah yeah you know, and, all and those it, world and series it, in so, such a short time and it was definitely history because a, a, a part of their history no question about it, but for for them to overcome losing the World Series to the, to the Cardinals in 26, to just, as you just stated, going on that incredible run where they, they win, what, 27 World Series championships? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's, that's what it takes. It, it, it takes getting your heart broken on the, on the biggest stage being – whether it was a few outs away or, or, or just just a game, just the whole entire game in general where you, you get your heart broken, but you're able to say, hey, look, we know what it's going to take now. And boy, did they turn that heartbreak into a historic championship franchise and run of what we know today as the New York Yankees. Yeah, and the, yeah, it's 27. They're chasing 28 now. I thought it was 27. Yeah. Uh, now, some of the Hall of Famers on that team, Earl Combs, uh, Wade Hoyt, Tony Lazari, Herb Pinnock, and, of course, Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth. Man, what a tandem. Yeah, uh, but this is just before a lot of those other guys came in who were even – even more prestigious Hall yeah. of Famers. I, like I can't think Yogi, of another Yogi Berra. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Mantle. Right. Exactly. Well, and, and uh, Joe DiMaggio, all those people. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a great team that just got beat out by the Cardinals in the World Series but was soon to go on to do great things. Is Yogi Berra still alive? No. Okay. No, he's not. I, he, I, I somewhat thought he had passed, but I wasn't too sure on it but 
Man, how could you not love Yogi Berra? I love all of his sayings that he has. My the, gosh, <laughs> the crazy! What, what an incredible, what an incredible baseball player, baseball mind. I believe he was a coach at some point after his playing career was over with. But yeah, how could you not love Yogi Berra? Yeah, for sure. And by the way, something interesting here. Uh, of course, the top. Highest paid player on the team was Babe Ruth, <laughs> and his his salary was fifty two thousand dollars for the year. I'm I'm pulling up an inflation calculator to see how much that would be today, real quick. It's still hard to believe, even to this day here in 2021, that the Red Sox sold Babe Ruth to the Yankees. Yeah, and how the two wouldn't even a trade. Yeah, just sold him for money. And how that alone, that move alone, changed the course of those two franchises. Yeah. Uh, that salary. And the be- Red Sox would have, have to get over the hump by beating their arch rival, the New York oh, Yankees. Don't remind me of that. To get. Back to the World Series and win it. Yeah, don't remind me of that that year. <laughs> but yeah, but they, you knew you, you. Everybody knew in the back of their minds that that that's what it was gonna that's what it was gonna take. It was going to take the Red Sox finally beating the Yankees where it matters, and they did it. Oh. The, they did, but all right. That salary in in nineteen twenty six would be seven hundred ninety thousand today. So I mean, that's not bad. Okay, <laughs> that ain't bad for nineteen twenty six. Now okay. Luke Garrick's salary was only six thousand five hundred dollars, and that would be about just under a hundred thousand today. Wow! But gosh, that was pretty early in his career. I think he was on the twenty three team. I think he was a rookie that year. But yeah, that was a lo- that was a lot of money though back in the day. Oh yeah. They were they were doing good for Which, themselves. Heck it's a lot of money to me. Six thousand's a lot to me, man. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Especially I, after I'll the jobs it. that I've worked in my life. I won't complain. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was fun. Nineteen twenty six New York Yankees just about to start a uh greatness. Historical yeah. run that we will never see happen again oh no not in modern not in modern no, baseball I, because the times and have changed and so have the sports so just dominant just dominance by the new york yankees after that that heartbreaking end to their season where they lose the world series to the cardinals all right well that does it for us that's all we got to talk about today. Uh, closing out, well, I guess we'll talk about what we're going to look forward to. What what you got? I'm looking to see if Trey Young is going to play tonight for the Atlanta Hawks. If he does play, how how healthy is he going to be? Can the rest of this Atlanta Hawks team step up with him not being a hundred percent and doing whatever it takes to win a must win game tonight. Yeah. I'll, I'll 
be watching that as well. Uh, but I guess my top thing will probably be that game two between Vandy and Mississippi State. See if Vandy oh. can close out the series or mm-hmm. Mississippi State can push it to that third winner-take-all yeah. game. Uh, yeah, it, it, it should be a better game tonight between – You'd think so. Both squads. Because we expected a close one coming into this. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you can follow me on Twitter at Christopheles11, Chris Top Holes 1 1. That's me on Twitter. Our uh, show page is Sport Fanatics. Yeah, 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 guys. Please, please don't forget to follow us on Twitter for scoring finishes yeah and 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 also updates and links to the podcast but yeah please please do not forget to follow us on twitter guys yeah, and you're j mike check right yes my both my twitter and instagram handle is at j underscore mike check no no spacing between mike and check it's at j underscore mike check and feel free to add me as a friend on Facebook. You guys know I love to talk sports. It's my passion. But once again, I'm I'm not one of these people that's that's not that's not going to follow you back or just totally ignore you. Please feel I mean, please feel free to to follow me, add me. I I will follow you back. I will accept the re- the request and and yeah if you if if you ever want to talk sports with me just just hit me up I'd 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 love to chat so all right yeah it sounds good and uh until next week or until next time on Friday yeah Friday yep. yeah this Friday yep we'll find out see where these series go and who won the College World Series but until then y'all have a good week. Take care, you guys. Bye-bye.